It was an honor for me to meet with Tiffany and Nathan to discuss their daughter, Ellie, who has been diagnosed with Icardi syndrome and Turner syndrome. They were given the option to abort Ellie when her disabilities were detected at their 20-week checkup, which thankfully they did not do. I was happy to meet now three-year-old Ellie, who you will hear periodically during our conversation. She has surpassed doctor-predicted limitations and is delightful. When did you find out that Ellie had some issues? My 20-week ultrasound. We went in, typical, you know, I was just excited to find the gender. I didn't think anything crazy. They said she had some abnormalities with her stomach, I think. And so they said those were initial markers for Down syndrome. Mm -hmm. And so they sent me to Utah Valley to the perinatology, so maternal fetal medicine at our local hospital. And we began, you know, our bi-weekly visits. They, they started noticing, it seems like every visit we went, they noticed something more. Something different. Something different, and they started measuring. The thing they noticed the most initially were that her femurs were really, really short. Mm -hmm. And so they kept, they kept that as a marker. Uh, for Down syndrome, every I don't know every every time we went back, they, it seems like we kind of just got a little bit more. But you could tell it seemed like when we would go, they didn't they didn't want to say it was Down syndrome because they're like, we see this, but we don't see this, and this is kind of different than what we'd normally see. And so you could tell that they were just like just looking and trying to find anything that they could. And it wasn't until probably about three or four, maybe the fifth ultrasound, that they finally said we're noticing some difference things in her, in the formation of her brain. And that was when it was more like, okay, now what is it? We're not quite sure. They were, you know, they, they said that she's missing her corpus callosum, which is the separator from left and right hemisphere. And so they said, that's not typical with Downs. And we're not quite sure what this is. Let's just keep monitoring stuff. And so that's really when we found out. And that was more of a time that we were like, what what do we have? What are we, what are we facing? Yeah. When did you get a definitive diagnosis? <laughs> About, well. About an hour before we delivered. Really? Yeah. Yeah, we were sitting there in the, we, she had gone into labor. We'd been sitting in the labor room for what? Maybe a couple hours? Most of the, most of the day. It was yeah. later afternoon. Yeah, and. One of the NICU perinatologists came, came down. Running and running in and. Where's kind, the of kind of scared yeah, kind us. Of, yeah, and he said, where's the, he says, I need a marker, a pen or something. Cause he, and then he started drawing on this whiteboard and kind of started explaining what he sees and then finally wrote the word Icardi on the board. And he said, this is, I think, what she's got. So you were in labor. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a traumatic labor. Yeah. And so he's running in all excited that he knows what she That he has a diagnosis, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. So it was it was kind of a crazy. And so then immediately, you know, you're going, well, what's that? And we're asking, we've got, we had family members that were- Sitting in there with sitting us. Sitting with us and medical people. And like, we're asking and nobody knew what it was. Everybody was like, what is this? And so he kind of explained just real quickly the different, symptoms the different prognosis you know and he was trying to give us as much probably what he had read an hour before off of some medical journal you know he's trying to regurgitate what he had just found and so yeah and then and then obviously the the labor went a little bit more um intense and so that kind of got pushed to the side and they rushed her into a c-section and so that kind of changed everything for a minute because we were worried about let's make sure we can get her here healthy and then let's deal with everything else and so so what kind of advice did they give you at the, all, the, all along with the, your 20 week? They thinking maybe you've got a, down, a, a child with Down syndrome. Did, you, did any of them offer any advice at that point? Well, they, I remember them offering us um, like an amnio 
and they wanted to do further testing further testing and MRI while I was pregnant and Nate and I both just kind of sat there and we were like for what you know we know we've got some challenges so what's you know spending a bunch of time and money and effort to for what to stress know? ourselves out to more make it, it wasn't worth you know? it and so we thought you know what we're gonna have some challenges and we're just gonna deal with it. And I know they, they tried to get us into counseling too. They said, we've got some counseling. So we went into that first one. They said, why don't you go talk to this lady? And we went in to talk to her for like 10, 15 minutes. And, and we were like, she's like, well, do you wanna come back and talk some more? And we're like, no, I think we're fine. Like, she was like, really? And we're like, yeah, I think, you know, we, we'll figure this out. We'll figure out a way to make it work. And, and then we got the bill from her and it was like $600. And we're like, we don't need to see her anymore for sure. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. And so, yeah, but there wasn't really a lot of specific instructions because I don't think that they really knew how to approach it. Sure, but and and she also has another diagnosis, yes? yes? Yes. And that wasn't realized until three days after she was born. Yeah. So after I delivered, I don't know, I it must have been all the the drugs and stuff, but I kept saying, you need to you need to sample her umbilical, um, cord. umbilical cord for testing. I don't know why, but you need to do genetic testing. You need to, and they were like, okay, we get it. And so they sent it in and about, I think it was probably two or three days later, cause she was still in the NICU. Um, we went in to visit and one of the, one of the neo, neonatal team came and said, you know, we found another diagnosis. And we were like, what? And they said, yeah, she's also got Turner syndrome. She's mosaic Turner. Really? Yeah, and they said that she's really, so with Turner syndromes, you have different, you have like, so it deals with the sex chromosomes, right? So you got the XX or XY, and they said she's like X nothing, like we're not seeing anything on that other chromosome. And they said, so we want to do a further analysis, but it take a couple weeks. And so they actually, when they saw that, they did even further testing and it came back that she's like very mosaic, like she's like one in 200 of the chromosomes have the XX, whereas everything else is XO. So that was that was kind of an after the fact. And and Turner's comes with, I guess, a lot less grim of a diagnosis than Icardi does. Like Icardi um, tends to have a lot more troubling things like heart issues, back issues, you know, lots of developmental issues. And so I think that we first were like, you know what, Turner's okay, she's gonna be a little bit short, a little bit small and develop a little bit slower. That's fine, we'll deal with that later. Let's make sure she can get through the other issues. And so, you know, we were rushing to, you know, they did CT scans and I mean, blood work and they were doing all these tests trying to figure out, okay, is her, is she have, you know, is her heart okay? Is her, um, is her back okay? Her digestive her system. Digestive system okay, yeah, because they did a bunch of tests on that. And so, you know, and, and so that was, the main focus was the Icardi and the Turner's like, okay, that's nice, but that doesn't present an immediate concern. And so, but as we started going down the list of all of the scary diagnoses that come with Icardi, we started checking them off. No, she doesn't have that. No, she doesn't have that. No, she doesn't have that. That's when we then said, okay, well now let's talk about the Turner's. Let's see what, what we're going to deal with with the Turner's. And so that's kind of, our focus is more turned to the Turner's because a lot of the, a lot of the Icardi stuff is, it, it is what it is, you know? And so we just have to now deal with uh, the therapy to try and help, you know, with growth and different things like that. So. Sure. So what's been some of the challenges in having a child with, with these two conditions or these two diagnoses? Well, delayed milestones. Sure. It's probably been our, our biggest challenge. We didn't realize her feeding was really hard when she was, even when we first brought her home. That was actually the reason it took us a while to get her out of the NICU. They were getting ready to 
we had interviewed a surgical team to have a G-tube put in. And we just kept feeling like we needed to give her a chance to let her try and eat on her own. Cause they didn't think she could. They didn't think she had the mental capacity, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, but she she proved them wrong. And she ate, she ate like a little champ. But when we brought her home too, it, it took us a while to figure out you know, what bottle, just like any baby, you know, what bottles worked good and what, what position we had to hold her in. It was just a little trickier. It, just like everything else she does, it took her a little bit longer to figure out how But it's, it's kind of it. like she's saying with every other child, like it's hard to determine like, maybe because we knew she had a diagnosis or some sort of special needs, you know, we felt like things were a bigger deal. But then a lot of times I think back and I go, but we did that with all of our other kids too. Like we treated them the same way. We didn't, we didn't treat her any differently, really. It's just like, we were a lot more aware of what was going on. But I mean, I remember struggling with our boys eating and finding out which bottles and sleeping and you know, all these different things. They had the same struggles. And, and so I think that that was, but you, you're just so much more aware and more clued into what's going on, but and yeah, and nervous and not knowing what's gonna happen. But but I think, and, and the thing that I guess the challenge for me, but it, I, I don't necessarily look at it as a challenge is, is she requires a lot more attention, you know, like with the feeding or with the, you know, or with, you know, just everything. And But to me, that's a blessing, not a challenge in a way, you know, it can be a challenge because yeah, it's a lot more attention, but it's a lot more rewarding, you know, because you do have to spend a lot more time and a lot more energy. Whereas, you know, it seems like with the boys, sometimes we let the, the phone or the TV, you know, take care of them. Whereas she, and it's funny because she likes this for a second, but then she wants your attention. Sure. And so. And she's how old now? She's three. She's three years old. All right, so let me ask a little easier question. Okay. What are the joys? I like how when it seems like when you walk into the room, she lights up, you know, like I said, like she would rather be with you than with a toy. You know, it's funny because we first started buying all these toys when we got our home. It's like, oh, we want to have these toys to help her with this and help her with that. She could care less about the toys. If you're in the room, she wants to be in your lap or she wants to be, you know, your attention. And she'll even like, if you've got your phone and you're trying to like send a text or like, she will push your phone away and grab your face and like, no, I want you to talk to me. I want you to focus on me. And so I think that that's what's so fun is, is she really does. She lights up like when I came home just a few minutes ago and I walked in the door and she was sitting on the floor over here. And, and as soon as I, you know, walk into the kitchen and she has really bad eyesight. That's another thing of the iCardi. She picks me up as soon as I walk in. I don't have to say anything. She can see me and she just starts screaming, you know, just, and that's just so fun. And you walk over there and she's like jumping, like, give me a hug, give me a hug. And that's, that's so fun. And so you can tell that they're a lot more sensitive to feelings and emotions because that's, especially for her, I think that's the way she communicates is through feelings and emotions versus verbal or, or anything like that. Tiffany, do you have some things to she add? She knows when people need love. She's got a lot, a lot of love to give. <laughs> when she was, it was probably about a year ago, maybe it would take us almost an entire hour to walk down the hallway at our church. She wanted to hug everybody, even people she never, never met. I'm okay, I'm not crying because I'm sad. <laughs> I'm crying because, see, she knows. Um, but I think, I think some of my friends are my friends because of Ellie. They love Ellie's. <laughs> oh, dad now. They want Ellie's love and attention. She's, huh. And the other thing I, it's got both sides. The milestones thing. We, I think there's two sides to working so hard for milestones. Um, you know, you work and you work for something like sitting up. 
We worked so hard for sitting out, I mean, seven, eight months. And when she did, we all kind of, even, even her brothers, I think her brothers are her biggest cheerleaders, and that is so fun. You know, just little words still. Her brothers will say, Mom, she just said, duh. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun, she just brings love, not, she just brings so much love. Love and happiness. So what has been her impact on your, you alluded to this just a minute ago, but to your, to her siblings, as well as your extended family? It's brought us a little closer and everyone wants to be just right by her. And honestly, it wasn't even until this last week that her older brother kind of realized there was something. Um, they didn't care. They loved that, you know, even with therapists coming in, and maybe that was a difference to our therapist. We've transitioned out of early intervention. Um, but yeah, she's just got a she's got a fan base, that's for sure. People just want want to be around her. Her cousins. It's like, yeah, it's like right now we're really trying to work on getting her to walk. You know, like that's what our big focus is, is to we're trying to get her walking. And the problem is, is I'm always like trying to get people to put her down. I'm like, no, 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 she needs to walk. Like, don't carry her. She needs to learn how to walk. And if we just always carrying around, it's like even when we go to my parents and we visit, you, know, you walk in the door and she's got to sit on everybody's lap and, you know, and everybody wants to talk to her and see what she's doing. But she loves that. And, and she loves that too. That so too. it's really hard. And so, but yeah, it's, she, she does. She is the center of attention wherever we go. So, uh, Nate, if, if I were to come to you and um, say that, you know what, I just received a diagnosis, that I have a child in utero that has similar conditions to your daughter, what advice would you give me? Don't Google it. <laughs> um, like we were talking before, like sometimes you, when you initially start searching for answers, it seems like all you hear is this, the scary things, the, the worrisome things. And, and it's important because, you know, a lot of these diagnoses come with challenges and it's good to know what those challenges are. But I think just don't, don't lose hope because as soon as you can get past that and realize that, you know what, there's some challenges, there's so much more blessings that come with that. There's so much more, I guess, happiness that can come from it. it it's it's not all gloom and doom and and the doctors will always give you the gloom and doom and, and in fact we changed our initial uh, doctor that we were talking with initially because we just kept saying well what if she's can do this and what if she can prove us wrong and he was like she's not going to she's not going to and I said but what if and he just said and I said you know what I'm gonna talk to somebody else because um, we're gonna give her a chance and we're gonna give her all the love and possibilities that you know that might that she might need and you know whether it's good or whether it's bad we're still gonna love her and so i always say just just hold on it's you just got to get through the the hard part once you get them here then once you can hold them once you can you know see their face and it's it all of that fear goes away tiffany what would you what advice would you give you can still be normal and they like nate said they you just can't lose hope i think that's what got us through gosh that initial part's so hard and it's okay to be sad for a minute, but once once you get this little one, they have so much love and so much more than than just a dang diagnosis. There's so much more to them. And they bring out the the best in, in everyone that they're around. So I'd say, yeah, be hopeful. What do you think the future holds? Gosh. You know, it's funny. I think about that sometimes, and then I actually think, I don't really care. Yeah. Like sometimes I think, I wonder what she's gonna be like as a teenager. I wonder what she's gonna be like. And I think, you know what? 
whatever it is, I don't care. Whatever it brings, I don't care. Because what I'm mostly concerned about is today and tomorrow and the next day, you know, and, and just getting the most time and joy out of it as I can. And, and I mean, it's not really hard with her because she's always so happy and so cheerful. And But it's like, like we think about it, but at the same time, I don't I don't really worry too much about it. I don't really worry what she's going to be like in the future. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with who she is now and we'll give her all the love and care she needs now. And whatever the future brings, bring it on, you know, we'll, we'll deal with the challenges or with the happiness that comes with it. We'll, we'll just take it all in stride, I guess. So last question. Would you do it over again? Yeah. Would you do it over again, Nate? If I could take out the initial, the initial fear and what am I going to do and how are we going to deal with that and, and be it at this point? Absolutely. Well, even, you know, after six months, you know, after six months when we realized this really isn't so bad is actually really, there's a lot of blessings in yet. But I also feel like, but I also feel like we've already done that, like, and we know the outcome's going to be so good. I mean, even though it's hard, it's hard. hard. I'm not going to lie. It it doesn't come easy, but the joy that they bring outweighs the bad any day. Sure. Thank you. Thank you.